Welcome to Big Game Hunger, a show where me and a guest craft the big next game every episode. We'll be taking three random ingredients and blending them together into one incredible game. I'm Jenna Stever, and I crave content, and I'm joined by Brent Naylor. Brent, who are you, and what do you have a hunger for? Jenna, fuck, you said my last name. Now the Yerks are going to be able to find me. <laughs> no! No! Uh, uh, it's not too late to give you a code name. <laughs> no, that's all what right. What would your code name be? Okay. I don't know. I, I'm stumped off the top of my head. Brent Yaler. Yeah, that's it. Yes, Taylor. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm Brent Naylor. I am a retired podcaster. I am making no content currently. Uh, amateur cultist and uh, all around swell dude. I love that. Uh, I think that is all 100% accurate. I agree with that self-description, as I always do. I would never call somebody out for their self-description <laughs> on this show. Oh, man, but what an episode that would be. It would be so, it would be a bold energy to start an episode on. Yeah, just invite <laughs> no, someone not. on and then open it up with haranguing them. And I, you have hurt me in the following ways. <laughs> I had never occurred to me that I could bring my enemies on this show. Yeah. I really only focused on on friends. I mean, I was I was thinking like an intervention energy, but enemies is good. Yes, keep them closer. Yes, have invite them on your podcast and then yell at them. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do about it? It's too late. Yeah. You've recorded everything. Yeah, yeah, we're live, and they know that we're live, and this is their one opportunity to be on the show. So it has to be an enemy that is also a fan of my work, which really narrows the pool down. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but not to nobody. So anybody you've banned from your Discord, maybe. <laughs> That would be a fucking power move. <laughs> it would be bullying, I think. But on which on a, which of our parts, I don't know. Uh, Brendan, what do you have a hunger for? Uh, I have a hunger for weirdness, like just mm -hmm. in the world. Uh, the, the weirdness of like world's biggest ball of yarn mystery spot style roadside attractions. Uh, the the yes. the weirdness of like John Keel Mothman style high weirdness. I just love all of it. I'm wearing oh, uh, a, a Mothman Baphomet tee right now, actually. That's a really good tee. Man, I, I was so I was supposed to go to Morocco in the fall and I didn't go because Morocco had a huge earthquake, but that left me free to go to, potentially to the Mothman Festival in Point Pleasant. Because uh, now that I live in the Midwest again, that's within driving distance, Ooh. like easy driving distance. Yeah. And I didn't go this year and I kind of regret it. So 2024 is the year I go to the Mothman because I've been to the museum, but this will be the year I go to the festival. 2024. This is 20, my promise. 2024, Jenna's year of the Mothman. Yes. I mean, I'm living my life right. So every year is the year of the Mothman. That's me, your Jesse but... Zodiac. This is the year of the Mothman. <laughs> Mothman would be an incredible Zodiac sign for <laughs> every, uh, every for year anything. Is the year of the Mothman. Yes. Add that to the Chinese Zodiac lineup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brent, do you have any strong thoughts or feelings about Animorphs, the children's war <laughs> <laughs> book series? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. And uh, if you're interested in my thoughts and Jenna's thoughts and both of our feelings about Animorphs, the book series for young adults about the horrors of war uh, and being <laughs> child soldiers uh, who can turn into animals. And having you can, PTSD. Yeah. You can listen to our finished podcast, Fandalites, uh, and maybe expose yourself to some hard truths at andalitetruth.org. <laughs> uh, yes, a, a podcast and a website that I'm shocked is still getting hits, although it should because it's good. Our, our show was good. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. We had a lot of interesting thoughts about um, changing animals and mm. child war. <laughs> we had thoughts anyway. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, they were good and funny and weird and smart. And that's what this episode's going to be, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, Don't shake yeah. your head at me. <laughs> I saw that. Nobody else saw that, but I saw that. Uh, excellent. Are there, what kind of games do you like to play generally? Uh, and this can be traditional or uh, if you like hopjack. <laughs> Or video games, whatever you like. What is hopjack? I don't hopscotch. Hopscotch, hopscotch is and jacks, like a like yes, a chess yeah. boxing, but with hopscotch and jacks. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, tell me about your ranking in chess boxing. Yes. Yeah. What do you like to play? Uh, no. So uh, I do a lot of tabletop games. Um, I've got uh, an in-person group and a, a virtual group of people I grew up with. I, I do that a lot. But for video games, 
I'm kind of in the Justin Green um, column where I like things that I don't need skill for, really. <laughs> uh, right now, my brother and I, are, I'm back on Fallout 76 because uh, my brother lives in another <laughs> part of the country. And um, it's a nice way for us to sort of just do a voice call once a week and uh, shoot up some super mutants while we're while we're chatting. It's a good way to catch up. Brent, we should play Fallout 76 together because I also play weekly. Hell yeah! <laughs> my, yeah, my partner who still lives in New York and I also do a weekly video call where we hang out and we do like the dailies and stuff. We should play sometime. I, does it have crossplay? Because I'm on PS4. I don't know if... Oh. Yeah, that's why. That's why. I don't know if it does. Okay. Yeah, I'm on PlayStation. Okay. Oh, no. That's, oh. that's the same thing. If you're on PlayStation, I'm on PlayStation. You think they'll have crossplay? If you're on PlayStation? Sorry, I'm on PC. I, okay. I, I was like, PC, not PS. Yeah, I don't sorry. think they have crossplay. No, I'm on PC. Tiny Tina's was supposed to have crossplay, and I never did get it working. Yeah, I just don't have a, a lot of belief in Bethesda to be competent to do such a thing. But I'll I'll look it up afterwards. I mean, ah, that's heartbreaking. It's it's real difficult to play a Bethesda game without mod support, but it took me a long time to get all of the Windows computers out of my house, and they're finally there, so <laughs> I'm not going back. They're in a shed out back where you have them chained up. I assume all the motherboards have been, re been repurposed by somebody for Bitcoin mining. <laughs> that's where all the yeah. GPUs go anyway. Yeah. I was finally able to upgrade my rig after like five years of waiting for video cards to become reasonable and still very expensive and immediately out of date, basically. Uh, let's roll on the ingredient list and see oh, yes. what kind of stuff we've got. I've been waiting for this. All right. Our three words. Oh, this is interesting. Uh... Our first word comes from a former guest, Eduardo Valdez Hevia, parasite. Ooh. I think that's fun. It's pretty ambiguous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The second word, and this is not gameplay. This is a premise word, okay. is D&D. &D. <laughs> so uh. it, I think a really appropriate choice that we can do something with. Uh, and then our third word for the type of gameplay is mystery. This is perfect. Yeah, is it perfect? Immediately. The the concept in my mind is that you know, have you ever been in a tabletop group where there's that one dude who like nobody really wants there but also nobody wants <laughs> to have the conversation where they tell him to leave. Yes, except I have yeah. had that conversation. <laughs> yeah. I have politely disinvited people from games before, but it's hard. So you are presented with a whole group of people who are sort of ambiguously on the border of that and you've got to figure out which one is the one that is only there because of the geek social fallacies. Oh, oh, I love that. This could even be like an FMV game, like you're, you're viewing confessional style interviews. Okay. Uh, first of all, I love FMV games, so I love that we are already there and that I have to do nothing to get us there. <laughs> uh, I've been joking on streams because I've been playing it, all the Alan Wake games, which have FMV elements in them. Uh, and I've been joking about how much I want to get into an, HM, an FMV game this year. Uh, this is my year of Mothman and FMV. And get so into like play or get into like guest in? I would like to be a, a character, a full motion character in an FMV game. I yes, wanna, I support that's, this. Yes, it feels possible. Somebody out there is still making FMV games. Um, and unfortunately, it's not Alan Wake 2. I'm a little too late for that one <laughs> and a little too unfamous, but... I believe that you have the star power to, to push like a Kickstarter of, of a remaster of a remake of Gabriel Knight 2 uh, over, over the line. <laughs> Um, if I was going to reboot any FMV game, it would not be that one. But I don't know That's what fair. it would be. So maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> if it would be that one on Sega CD where you have to cut a music video. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what that one is, but that sounds very fun. It apparently was not. Oh, well, that's more all the more reason to, to reboot that. Yes. Perfect. Jenna <laughs> Stevers, make your video. <laughs> Uh, so I love, okay, I love that we're already in FMV territory. It takes so little to sell me on that. Uh, I also love that you have grasped onto D&D as a premise and not as a gameplay type because it wasn't a gameplay type. It was a premise. Yeah. Well, you said it's not a gameplay type. Uh, okay. Okay. I love that. I also love that. Yeah, man, you nailed all three of the prompts immediately. Um, so let's name this and leave, I guess. No. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I Okay, and you hit the parasite thing too, but let me offer this, and maybe this yeah. is a different gameplay mode. Maybe there are, Ooh. there's got to be multiple Ooh. mysteries to play through. Yeah. I would love a D&D mystery game where it's the first session of a D&D game and your goal is to figure out which of these motherfuckers is never coming to a second game. You have to figure out. Mm. Yes. <laughs> oh, to... <laughs> that energy is so present. So good. Yes. You have to yeah. figure out who at the table is never going to make it to a second D&D night. And who, not only that, is going to make it impossible to schedule one because they will always be busy with blank thing. Oh, man. Yes. And of course, everybody's so busy because they're adults. And that makes it difficult to figure out who's the one. Who is the one? Yes. Yes. You're mm. like, uh, this person has a baby. So that feels like it's going to be really hard for them to get away. But they hate their baby. So they're <laughs> always going to be coming <laughs> to TNT night. The baby is unpleasant and or has bad vibes. <laughs> yeah. Their baby sucks and they want to get out of the house as much as possible. Uh, <sighs> so I think we can build in layers like that. Yeah. Let me throw out a third uh, uh, mystery here where we take Parasite a little more literally. And it's uh, it, it's the the movie The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, but the cast yes. is playing D and D, and you've got to figure out which of them has been replaced without <laughs> using copper wire. <laughs> That's so funny. So you're like, you play as the DM and you have to figure out which of these people is really sympathetic to the, the parasites in D&D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're hesitant to kill the doppelganger. They, they don't want to. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay. All right. So it sounds like we've already got a rough sketch of how this game is going to be, which is like you're, you've got a bunch of people uh, and... There are different modes, and maybe you don't know going in which mode it is, or is it like a randomized thing mm. where each time you play, or is it like there are modes where it's like this one is the the who's going to ditch, this one's a literal parasite, this one's social parasite? I mean, the part of me that enjoys video games thinks that probably it's better if you've got like the one sort of tutorial uh, mystery that mm -hmm. everybody starts with, and then that unlocks the others that you can play through at your leisure. But the agent okay. of chaos in me feels like you should just get fucking dropped in with no instructions. <laughs> you don't even know what you're trying to do. It's just, here's a bunch of videos of people. Figure it out. I love the idea that you could open a game and be like, okay, one of these person, one of the people at, uh, there are five people at this D&D table. One of them is going to ditch. One of them is a social parasite. One of them is a literal parasite. And you don't even have to figure out who all of them are. I think we've just, you've just pitched an entirely other podcast, actually. <laughs> Uh, these there's are, these a lot are, here. Uh, I, I'm so happy the dice landed on these. This is it's just such a fertile <laughs> ground to till. Just really dig your hands in that black earth and get it up all in your face. <laughs> oh. Rub your face in it. That's right. Get your face all dirty. Uh, okay, okay. I love the idea both that there are individual modes for each of these, but I also love that maybe this is like a werewolf style game, mm. but like not like the basic OG werewolf, like the weird advanced nerd uh, werewolves where they're like, this person's a psychic and this one's the town baker and they each have special ability. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen you know, that. Like, yeah, the candlestick maker in town who has powers against darkness or whatever. You know, the butcher who owns a bathtub. <laughs> yes, that they all go sailing. Yeah, in. that's exactly correct. <laughs> uh, is this the sort of thing where there are like five random roles like f five random like player positions that the other characters could be. And you're tra trying to figure out which of the five out of like 40 options there are. Or it could be even just like 10 options. Or is it just like this mode section where you hop in and you're like, there, there are four normal people and one parasite. I kind of like the concept of of you're dropped into a D&D &D game and you've got to assign every other player a type of guy that they are. <laughs> That's such a fun way of using all of those weird videos that are like, every D&D &D group has these five people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there would be a mode where you're trying to figure out, like, which one of these people is the munchkin uh, who's going to be min-maxing insanely? Which one of these is the Paul, a.k.a. the scumming for points? <laughs> I'm just going to call it the Paul prototype. Paul-a-site? Paul the Paul-a-site. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Here's my question: Are we? Am I going to tell Paul that this episode features him so strongly? Uh, I feel maybe. like maybe it's a pitch to get him to actually come on and defend himself with his presence. <laughs> be really funny. It's going to be okay. your first uh, your first call out episode, <laughs> uh, but not the last, as we've established in the intro. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Uh, okay. Here's an, another really important question. Is this game multiplayer? So is it like a werewolf game where hmm. everybody flips over their card, they have a role, and then they put it down? I think maybe there's a tabletop version uh, that, that is like advanced nerd werewolf, uh, but it's co-branded with the video game. Because, of course, the video game blows up enough that you're going to get the co-branding like how there are Minecraft Lego sets now, despite Lego existing <laughs> first. It's, well, you know, werewolf is around, but fuck you. Uh, they'll buy it because it's it's got it's got our brand on it. It's branded, yes. As with all games on this show, it's a cult classic for sure. Absolutely. Um, you've just um, pitched an entirely new idea, and I want to pin it down. Yeah. Because I think this is legitimately brilliant and could legitimately blow up, and that has maybe never before happened on this show. <laughs> but the idea of a D tabletop D and D RPG modifier system. So it's a system that you are playing on a meta level as you are playing regular D&D. &D. Oh, yes. Like uh, like John Tynes had uh, one of those that he wrote as a lark back in, I think, the late 90s, early 2000s that was on the internet where you would play a normal game of D&D. &D, and then afterwards, uh, the DM would open up his dossier on your actual person and uh, go over the actions that you took uh, while you had escaped from the facility that you're uh, imprisoned in and what what actually happened and what you think you were doing. Because D&D characters, as we all know, are basically murder hobos. Um, yes. So yeah, I think it, it would be kind of like that, except maybe, yes. maybe a little more fun. <laughs> 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 Something actually playable, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love the fact that this has already kind of been a thing, but not really, because that was pre, that was back when the only offerings were really D&D and D&D alternatives. Like that was before, I mean, we're in a much different tabletop RPG landscape now than we were back then. So it feels like it, it might not have popped off as a concept then, but it could now. Yeah, I'm not sure it was ever intended to be a playable concept so much as a commentary <laughs> written a in the style of a, of, of a game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, here we don't do commentary. We only do actual, actual literal games yes, that are definitely being for made. for which I hunger. <laughs> yes! Uh, for which you will be fed. So we're all, we should, I think, this is a, a very fun potential concept that this is like a module you get. And it's like a DD and d module where it's like there are new rules and new items and things, but those exist as a meta layer on the normal D&D game. So the idea of you would go and play a normal D&D &D game, but also one of you is a traitor to the rest secretly mm. is very fun to me. Yeah, that sounds like it will just ruin so many friendships. <laughs> I'm also low-key, that is exactly what we're doing with Burnt Cookbook Party, because we, we do a lot of secret recordings and backstabbings. Um, Paul and I have backstabbed each other uh, maybe six or seven times by this point. That is and character. And it's fun. <laughs> yeah, all, all I can yeah. think is the stereotypical junior high thief that steals all the other party members' shit when they're asleep. Yes. Except that you paid us $40 and got some glossy cards to justify doing it. So, yes, actually, there is money to be made in this, I think. You're right. You're right. Um, so that is that is one option, a meta module uh, that you play on top of your normal D&D &D game. Although that does, I, yeah, I think that is a separate spinoff from the actual base video game. Because as we've stated, sometimes it's really hard to get people together for even a single D&D &D game. Yeah, yeah. You could you you mentioned the multiplayer for the video game. I think you could do a, a, a paid module for Foundry, perhaps um, allow people to schedule it more uh, without having to deal with with physical travel. Um, yeah. Or you could cut out virtual tabletops altogether and just do our own bespoke video thing because we have a lot of experience streaming video and know how to do that well. 
Uh, and it will definitely I mean, not be a complete mess of a of a multiplayer <laughs> room server. And also then we don't have to pay actors to do the FMV. So it's even lower budget. We can just have crowdsource that shit. Crowdsource it. <laughs> See, I was thinking that having it be a like Zoom call, like the structure of the video game is like a Zoom call. Like that's the visual setup. That is so, that would make it so much easier to do an FMV because it's sort of like, um, God, what was that popular, her story, where yeah. it's like confessional videos. And it would be so much easier to make and record those because it's a like single camera. It's this. It's just a single camera. That would make it so much easier to do all of the FMV elements of this. Uh, if we, if it was like the Foundry, which is like a digital digital D and D interface that you can use, which is superb, and I highly recommend it. Oh uh, yeah, I've actually contributed a little to a couple modules for Shadow of the Demon Lord, and it's very fun. That's awesome. I love Shadow of the Demon Lord. Uh, I regret that that feels like that came out too late for us to play it in person, but yeah. maybe not. I don't know when it came out. No, it did. That's a fun game. God, I would, yeah, I would kill to play in a, a, a Shadow of the Demon Lord game that you specifically run, because I feel like that would be cool. That well, would be cool as hell. It's not too late to to slot into the one that I'm running for uh, Justin and Noe and them. Uh, they were only a couple sessions in. Uh, let's talk off. Let's talk off mic about that. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk awesome. off camera. Uh, so the idea of doing like a digital interface would be good for F and B reasons for from budget. <laughs> yeah. No. Because because I hear what you're saying about you know how how it fits in the aesthetic and I love that. But also I'm thinking Uber, but for video for F and V games. So you're you're not <laughs> you're not connecting with your friends. You're you're paying a fee to get an on demand matchmaking with actors uh, that we're criminally underpaying. Um, in, <laughs> in order to, to stream something to you uh, for your bespoke experience. Okay, so it's like Omegle, but it, it, all the other hopefully people on the call. Way less. Hopefully, it's much more safe for work. <laughs> I mean, no. Oof, <laughs> That's going to be a part of it. One of the people you get is going to be not chill. Oh, uh, okay. And anyway, it's 2024, so we're going to replace them all with AI soon anyway. Um, All right, so you're playing a game of werewolf, but everybody has 12 fingers and their face isn't quite right. <laughs> no, you're playing a game of werewolf. Four of the people are humans and one of them is AI. Fuck, you just did it. <laughs> oh my God, you just did it. That's the game. Holy shit. It's the D&D deduce who is the AI game. Holy shit. Brent, this is incredible because it would also be can it would be such a good anti-ai i'm getting ahead of myself i'm gonna take a deep breath it would be such a good anti-ai measure because you would be training people to learn the cues of ai and that is something we are uh, desperately in need of at this very moment yeah and it also suggests the perfect name turing quest <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the AI. They failed the Turing quest. Boom. Yeah, I think we got this done in record time. That's like half an episode of your podcast. <laughs> Turing quest is so, so brilliant and so stupid. That's the, Fuck, that's the really good. the synthesis. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, and I mean, AI is absolutely a parasite on every yeah, every industry every touches. Art form. Yeah, it's truly the worst. So that's really, it's really, really good, Brent. Holy shit! Um, <laughs> I'm genuinely at a loss of where to go from here because we really perfected the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a, that's a fail state. <laughs> we failed. Yeah. We failed at making an episode of Game Hunger. <laughs> Let me tell you about Cornbread Hemp. Cornbread Hemp is a CBD company based in... Do you want to make a guess based on the name of the company? 
Yeah, it's Kentucky. Their products are flower-only, full-spectrum, which means no seeds or stems, certified organic. And most of their products are vegan-friendly, including the CBD oils and gummies. Cornbread Hemp is family-owned and crowd-funded, and all of the products are grown and made in Kentucky. They are certified by independent labs with reports published on their website so you can find out more information about their whole deal. To learn more, you can go to cornbreadhemp.com. And for 25 percent off your order, you can use the code BGH, which stands for Big Game Hunger. I will also put a link in the show notes of this episode for you to click on. If you're enjoying Big Game Hunger, why don't you check out some of the other shows that are part of the Multitude Collective? I think you'd like Exolore. Have you ever wondered what life would be like on a different planet, one not like Earth? Or how writers create incredible fictional sci-fi worlds like that? Well, wonder no more, because we have facts for you. Hard, real, earnest, legit facts from a real, earnest astrophysicist. And this is true, slash folklorist, Dr. Moya McTeer. She explores fictional worlds by building them with a panel of expert guests, interviewing professional world builders, or reviewing the merits of worlds that have already been built. But if you're interested in world building or space, you should really check it out. You'll learn. You'll laugh. You'll gain an appreciation for how special our planet really is. I know you think Earth is mid, but it's got a lot going for it. Subscribe today by searching Exolore, which is E-X-O-L-O-R-E in your podcast app, or going to exolorepod.com. That's E-X-O-L-O-R-E-P-O-D.com. Exolore. Check it out. Okay, let's talk aesthetics. No, this is good because we already decided that it's FMV, obviously, because and it, it has to be now because of the AI element right. has to be a part of it. Yeah, um, but what are the? Because uh, obviously, we're not going to do literal Zoom for copyright issues. Do we want to have like? Do we want the UI interface of both the, like the Zoom call and the whole game? Is that going to be like a fun? Because that that we should have it should be a fun visual. Because like God, God bless her story and those games. They are fun, but they're very committed to, like, the reality of the game that they've built. So it's like you're in, like, a, a shitty computer and you're clicking around on all the computer stuff. But we have the chance to make something cool and visual. So I'm thinking, like, we could do, like, a 90s palette. Like, it could be, like, a throwback retro style. It could be, like, vaporwave style. Like, what are we thinking aesthetically for this? I mean, the... I was just thinking like everybody who logs in gets a random like Snapchat filter style overlay on their video, <laughs> which would make it more difficult to tell who's the the computer generated person because somebody looks like a VTuber and somebody's got bunny ears and somebody, <laughs> I, I don't even know, I'm much too old to know what Snapchat uh, does, how it be living, but... No, it's just those two. So you nailed it. Oh, yes, um, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's actually really smart. I think, yeah, maybe like the first first game, like this tutorial level, as you suggest, is just played straight. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I do think like as it gets harder, more and more <laughs> dramatic Snapchat oh God, slash TikTok yes. style overlays are implied. You have to see, uh, be able to like ferret out the AI person through the 12 layers of blingy uh, GIF filter. That's going yes. on. There's so much visual distraction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's makeup layers. They've got like the blurred zoom background. Uh, yeah. They have one the little puppy nose oh, thing of course, on them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So there are three vectors that you you would be using to identify AI. And that is the the actual visual of the face that you'd be able to see. There's the audio, like the what what they sound like. Mm -hmm. And there's also like the content of the things that they are saying. So I think those are like the three vectors to to, to figure out what is AI there. Do, are there any others that you can think of? I mean, vi video, audio, and and actual content are, th that's it. Kind of. Okay. Okay. Uh, good. Well, okay. so how do we, we've already figured out how to make it more difficult, like how to add gameplay difficulty to the video portion what do we do to the audio to fuck it up without making it unplayable oh i mean you're gonna have like you're gonna have like audio issues where there's gonna be one person whose connection is really bad uh, i guess this is more D, &D live D, D game things where there's yeah. gonna be one person who's got super lag once again you're uh, coming back to kinds different kinds of guy <laughs> Yes, different kinds of digital D and D guys. There's the lagger. Um, there's the robot. <gasps> I mean, what what a tricky 
audio overlay. If there's one person who's just always cutting in and you're like, they're a robot. They must be the AI. But, mm. uh, 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 mm-hmm. Too obvious. Mm-hmm. Until it's not, because it will be randomly applied. Right. And and is what they're saying completely nonsensical, or are they just actually playing World of Warcraft on their other monitor? <laughs> Hard to say. Or is this another another kind of digital D&D, guys? The one that is, is multi-gaming? I mean, hell, I've experienced this as an in-person D&D guy. What, like somebody playing on their phone during the game? Well, on their computer during the game. Whoa, that's terrible. Kick that, kick that person out. I mean, it's not as bad as I'm making it sound. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, but no, you offer a good question, which is what are other kinds of, of D&D like tropes? I mean, the, the guy who's always fighting, starting fights mm-hmm. is like a classic. Like yeah. you can never diplomize anything because they are always fighting. The only hammer I have is violence and everything looks like a nail. <laughs> yeah, my, my only hammer is a hammer, literal. So... <laughs> Yeah. Um, you've you've got the the frustrated thespian. That's that's the kind of guy for sure. Yes, yes, the one who really wants, to, wants talk. to be in community theater. Yes, uh, the DM uh, is they... not able to keep up with his improv. Uh, there's no. too there's too many NPCs to to keep too juggling. many voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy who's just super charming in real life, and so always manages to convince uh, everybody to go along with something completely insane. Um, that only in retrospect, you're like, why did we allow that? (laughs) Yes, there's the real world charming, and then there's the guy who's not real world charming, but always plays a high charisma character, um, but is insufferable because they're like, no, they'd be, they would fall in love with me because I'm super hot. And I'm putting down in-game charming. (laughs) (laughs) Prince charming and dunce charming. (laughs) I like that. Okay. Okay. I like these. Is there, well, let's circle back to what we talked about at the first. So we are making a game where you're trying to figure out who is AI. Are there also these other levels that we talked about, like the social parasite, literal parasite, or are we ditching those entirely? I mean, I I feel like we've come up with two or three different games in a series here. So we've got Ooh. Yeah, it's a franchise. We've got sequels happening. <laughs> okay. Okay. That makes sense, but then which one which one would come first? Hmm. I my instinct is that the the ba- the fir- initial concept that you came up with would come first. We're trying to figure out who's the social parasite, and then it would evolve into being about AI. I mean, I you're probably right, but also I feel like the AI concept, you got to strike while the iron's hot. So maybe it has to come out first just because that's the zeitgeist. Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe it'll be, yeah, we'll we'll release Turing Quest first because that's the one we have a name for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So the hard work on that one is already done. Uh, And then, yeah, we'll come out with the others later after the fact once uh, AI has gone the way of NFTs and and kind of Bitcoin. I guess Bitcoin's still bouncing. It has to. I can't. I can't with a world where AI is legitimately a thing that is happening consistently. But it's shitty. So yeah, AI AI is for the moment too shitty for me to have to worry about. But it does feel like inevitably, well, I shouldn't say that because it's not inevitable. Because uh, NFTs were a bad concept and they never became anything other than a bad concept. And I feel AI is the same way. I mean, so is the metaverse. And the metaverse is pretty dead, right? Oh, yeah, Didn't totally. totally. Yeah, okay. Right. I think it totally yeah, shut down. Okay. There's been a whole bunch of bubbles like this in tech where they're all based on everybody attaching themselves to a buzzword. The problem is that uh, this is the sort of the first one where I see normal people treating it like uh, mm. it's actual magic and not just spicy autocomplete. <laughs> spicy autocomplete is a really good way of describing AI. Yeah, I read an interesting article that was like, what is what is the AI bubble going to leave behind? Because like the dot-com bubble created this whole like, it, it had a weird effect on the economy. I don't want to get into it because I didn't write the article, but it was a good article. And it's like, what is AI going to leave behind? Um, just a lot of people who made some terrible art and can't make art anymore because they never really learned how to make art. They just learned how to manipulate keywords. And I was like, well, that's sad. I, I believe you mean prompt engineers. 
Brent, I I did not. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> um, anyway, it's sad. AI AI is sad. <laughs> but uh, you're right that it, this is the moment. I think I think I see a lot of people talking about like the digital fay aspect of AI, where it is there's something like super eerie and old world about being like this creature has seven fingers. Do not trust it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You can protect yourself from being run over by a Tesla with a circle of salt around it. Yes, that's one of my favorites where it's just like it perceive because of the way that it perceives lines on the road. If you put a thick white line around it, it'll be like, well, I can't cross that. And it'll just be trapped like a little bug. I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, and I feel like AI, we're not, we're not, our, our defense against AI is not well-developed enough. So I think we should pitch this as an educational game. <laughs> yes. It's edutainment for sure. We are Broderbund. Yes. We are Castle of Dr. Brain. This is happening. We're number, <laughs> number sleuths, number munchers. I don't know, man, but we're doing it. We're absolutely yeah. going to be on every Apple IIe in the, uh, in, in the Montgomery County school system. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we're really, we're going to be, I think, more on the Oregon Trail side of edutainment because it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be more fun than it is educational. Yes, but we'll sneak it in under. We'll get we'll get all those grant. We'll get some grant money um, from the government? Question mark. Somewhere a foundation. It's from somewhere. The, the foundations yeah. do stuff, right? We'll do. Yeah, we'll get yeah. it from the foundation. An arts foundation who wants to protect the future of of human art. Oh God, that sentence made me sad. <laughs> Turing Quest is brought to you in part by a grant from the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God, that's good. God, that's good. I Once again, I'm just like marveling at what a good idea this is and how much I would legitimately love to play this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I would too. Uh, there can be, maybe there's a hard mode where like three you're playing with four people three of them are ai and one of them is human maybe you don't know going in how many of them are ai mm. as the le as you do more levels maybe it gets to the point where it's like all of them all of you could be the only human in the room maybe sometimes you're not even in it it's just playing without you no that doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work spooky <laughs> yeah it's haunted it's a haunted game now <laughs> spooky we, we've obfuscated the video and the audio now i think but in terms of content what if uh everybody has some sort of prompt or character trait or non sequitur that they have to incorporate into Ooh. into their presence there in order to make it less obvious who's computer generated Okay, I like that. So everybody, when when our Uber like human actor service tunes in, when our when our Fiverr when our Fiverr account Mechanical Turk, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sets us sets us up. They'll get a little card that's like you have to let everybody know how much you love jazz, mm -hmm. and it's yes. sort of like okay, ooh, how okay, it's gonna be tricky. That's even uh, better like actually that. if they don't know anything about jazz because then they're just making shit up. So they really do sound like ChatGPT. <laughs> I like that. Uh, one of them, and maybe we could get some people who are also coders in so that if the person is trying to shortcut it and be like, hey, can you write me some code? Uh, one of the pre people actually can. And that's that's like a double bluff. That's oh. mostly what I see people using AI for in a legitimate sense to help them write code. What one person has to like just work in, uh, if that's against OpenAI's terms of policy line as often as possible as a joke. Um, just so yes. you're not a hundred percent sure. I like the idea that they're all they Everybody who's in the call is aware of the structure of the game that you're playing. So if they want to try to make you lose, they could really, yeah, they could really play their hand too much. You win if you convince everybody else that you're the AI. That's the that's the werewolf versus. Uh -huh. That is it. So there's going to be one person who has like a pitch perfect Hatsune Miku uh, impression that they can do <laughs> off the cuff. Oh, and so they, they come in. <laughs> and get you immediately. Because you're like, ah, oh, that's Hatsune Miku. That's not a human. <laughs> I know this one. I've seen this one. They're on Domino's boxes. That's not a person. <laughs> wow. That's so good. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And so yeah, there are people, there are people who are gonna be joining in order to 
actively try to to undercut you. Yeah, to 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 get the win condition that you they trick you into thinking they are AI even though they are human. <gasps> Maybe sometimes it just doesn't show your video stream at all, like technical difficulties. So yeah, like sometimes that's just you know the, you only get the audio of the person and you don't know if that's because we're being thrifty. I'll say on our, uh, <laughs> our computer generated video budget or whether we're trying to fool you. We're going to fool you yes. on this one. Yeah, you're waiting for them to turn on their camera, and eventually you're just like, "Hey, hey, Chad, turn on your camera," and and then you have to like that's like a good leading question where it's like, "How are they going to answer? What kind of excuse are they going to come up with?" And if they're like, "Yeah, I just like jazz too much to turn on my TV," you're like, "Well, wait a minute." I don't even well, own a TV. Wait a minute. If you really yeah. love jazz, if you really loved jazz, <laughs> you wouldn't even own a TV. <laughs> And they're like, that actually wasn't about cameras. So, huh? Uh, I like that there are going to be built-in clues like that that'll that you, you'll be able to use to kind of suss out who the real person is. Okay, here's a question: mm -hmm. When you're ready to make your decision, how how are you going to like implement it, like Among Us style? Like, how are mm. you going to be like, I'm ready to do it? Because here's my pitch. Um, what if you have to pull a trigger? Oh, now we circle <laughs> back around to, like... to John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes, 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 exactly that, where there's a there's a moment at the end where you have to be like, okay, either the time runs out or you get to say, like, I'm ready to accuse the people. And the UI interface is like you holding a gun between two people and being like, which one? Which one is it? And then you have to you have to make a really dramatic pulling of the trigger to choose oh, yeah. them. Somebody starts crying. It's like, yeah, just <laughs> sobbing. I have a family. Uh, I am human. You know, as a I gimmick, a as a gimmick at release, we have a limited edition light gun uh, uh, arcade one that someone can log into from, where they have an actual gun. No, that's that's too ambitious. Uh, no, but I like the idea of tie-ins where we can uh, get like famous AI or famous robots from history to be a part of it. Famous robots from history. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> okay, it would be fun. It would be fun if you could log in and play like the Good Place Janet module, where when you finally pull the, the trigger, she's like, no, please, please, no, please, I don't want to die. Okay, that makes more sense. I was thinking like yes. you have like the cotton gin and the arm that assembles <laughs> part of your car. <laughs> <laughs> on April Fool's Day, there will be a mode where you can play as like a thresher. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's Roomba. <laughs> yeah, and on on in Halloween during the Halloween month, we'll have a mode where everybody is is dressed up as like uh, different different actual like character robots through history. So you have like the. Oh God, I'm going to have to think of a single robot. You have the Terminator one. You've got a Cylon one because that's perfect. That's, that is what this game is. Yeah, yeah. The Battlestar Galactica God. DLC. Yeah, man, let's <laughs> got to stack that paper. Let me cash in every chance we get. Yes, for a TV show that has not been on the air for um, 300 years. I don't. I actually don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think it matters. Nerds will pay for it. <laughs> That's true. And that is our that is really our our demographic here. Mm -hmm. It is um nerds. In every way, this is the most nerd game because there's gonna be so many AI slash robot references. Yeah, I mean built it, in. It, I feel like we've gotten farther away from the I I want to recenter the D D premise just so nobody forgets. We're talking mm -hmm. about D D, a D D game yes. being the whole setup of this. Um and it almost feels like we've invented a remote first Jackbox game. <laughs> Kind yeah. of? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, in my opinion, I love the Jackbox games. I think more of them should have hidden roles. <laughs> uh, I like the idea that, yeah, that there's a, a version of this that is just a party game. Where it's maybe it's like you're making your D and D uh, characters. Oh my god! Yeah. like the party game version. We call that one Turing Quest Session Zero. <laughs> okay, and that'll have to that'll be released like a year afterwards. It's going to use all of the same assets, so it'll be really cheap to put out there. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it'll. I that one obviously you can't have an AI person in the room. Uh, so it, it's a party game where you're all together. So we'll we'll put that out after the the sequel. Uh, yes. Turing Quest with a Vengeance. Uh, Turing quest harder. Uh, Turing based combat. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> okay. Rough. Uh, God, I never knew Turing uh, had so much pun potential. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, f- I came into this fully prepared to throw out like one of those overly long Iseki light novel style titles just to yes! just to fool with your like layout in podcast <laughs> apps you know something like i i fell through a portal in another world but somehow japan is still able to send mail here and now they're demanding i file my taxes uh, <laughs> but man you just during quest hit it yeah I, god i do kind of regret i mean there's it's never too late to add a really burdensome um colon after like subtitle to it if we wanted to extend it but their turing quest is just it's, so beautiful it's and punchy clean. yeah it's right there yeah i think it's probably has great seo do you think uh, the turing family would sue us <laughs> you know we'll uh we'll let whoever buys the the company from us after we go public worry about that <laughs> after we've cashed out okay yeah, as as we established we're using the uber model so we just break the law and hope nobody yes. calls us on it and they won't yeah, that's true. We'll make so much money so quickly that it'll be more of a hassle to take us to court than it'll be worth to ring us for money. It's too and late. We'll We're now load-bearing in the economy. <laughs> Brent, I love that I can always laugh about really depressing stuff with you. <laughs> you gotta laugh or you just will lay on the bathroom floor for hours trying to convince yourself to get up and go to work. Yep. Uh, and we can't do that right now because we're podcasting. That's so. correct. I'm not even in a bathroom. <laughs> um, all right. God, I'm trying to think of if there's anything else we would really want to finesse about this. But it's perfect. Like, there's no real leveling, right? Because you're not really – you're just kind of playing yourself. The leveling sort of is is just the difficulty ramping up. Um, there, was, yeah. there was a GameCube game um, – I can't remember the actual title, but the the subtitle was Sanity's Requiem, where it did stuff, whereas your like insanity score got higher. It would fool with like there was one thing where it looked like the the GameCube itself had skipped and you needed to pull the disc out and stuff like that. And yes. I think we're just gonna be introducing more and more stuff like that as you succeed. <gasps> Shit just gets more difficult. I love that. You see, Eternal Darkness is what you're talking about. That's it's it. An yes, incredible, Eternal yes, Darkness. Yeah. As you got more insane in the game, the game would do stuff like mute your audio in a way that you may, would make you think maybe your computer or your, your television was broken because it would have been t- a TV back then. It's the first game that <laughs> gaslit you uh, yes. based on your insanity score. Yes. I, I Okay. I love that. That is such a fun aspect of this because every time... Every time it happened when we started this phone call, every every time anybody has to do anything online that involves video or audio, there's going to be a, a portion where you have to troubleshoot, where it's like, oh, I can hear you, but you can't hear me. Is it because of my mic or your headphones or like, what bullshit is this? Um, the, so the idea of gamifying that in a way where we're using it against people is really funny <laughs> to me because <laughs> it's going to be insufferable. <laughs> it's It'll be so annoying. All right, what what else can we throw in to make nobody want to play this game? We'll get some launch DLC <laughs> that uh, will remain in your quest bar forever until you pay for it. Uh, uh, microtransactions. Absolutely. Uh, um, we yes. haven't worked in a gotcha element, uh, so. <laughs> there should be loot boxes for different, um, like Snapchat, TikTok layovers that overlays that you can now get. Now I'm getting depressed again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've gone too far now. Loot boxes are bridged too far. Rough. Whoa. Um, yeah, that's fair. Microtransactions. That would make us a lot of money, though. It would make a lot, a lot of money. And what are we in the video game industry for, if not to get rich quick? <laughs> I. Yeah, I. I think that's what they teach you at MBA school. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Yeah, we're on the business side. We're not in the actual production side. So we're that's, ideas guys. That's, <laughs> we're the, ideas that's the type people? of guy we are. We'll, yeah. we'll start the wiki. We'll tell someone <laughs> to start the wiki. And that's the same as starting the wiki. So, <laughs> Well, now you've made me too depressed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Do you have anything to plug? Oh man. Um, okay. So I don't really post a lot anywhere. Uh, I deleted my Twitter when Musk bought it. I have a Mastodon, but I like hardly ever post there. This is the saddest plug you've probably ever gotten. There's this show that was on Comedy Central for a couple of years called Corporate. 
that like <laughs> nobody's watched, but it's incredible and everybody should because it's so real. Okay. Uh, it's it's sort of a the the two people who were writing it they looked at like the office style stuff. It's ungoogleable, by the way. I hear you typing. It's you can't. It's the <laughs> word. It's this may be why it failed. Um, but they looked at that and said, "What if instead of a documentary style, we just did it as cinematic as possible?" But it still hits so mm. so deep. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna uh, plug that. Is it is Lance Riddick in it? Lance Riddick. Yeah. Like sorry, Lance. Fuck. Like the Vin Diesel <laughs> Lance, character. Lance Lance Riddick. <laughs> Lance Reddick, not Reddick, not uh, the Chronicles of Reddick. Misha, don't cut that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lance Reddick is in it. Uh, Aparada okay. Nancherla is in it. Um, okay. Okay. Excellent. Corporate. I'll put a link so that people don't have to try to Google it. <laughs> I'll put a link as I do in the description of the show. Almost daily, I find myself cursing how ungoogleable it is because basically every situation in my life has a reaction gif from that show that I could use if it existed, <laughs> but they you can't get them. You can't find them. Oh, boy. All right. Well, good luck finding this show and watching it, but apparently you should. I'm going to track it down in a totally <laughs> legal way. Don't ask any follow-up questions. Yes. Uh, excellent. That was a great plug. It wasn't. I feel like it was a real weak plug. I, I but I'm it, not right? like making content right now. Yeah. I, I like that. Turns out I, I liked having a podcast. I hated editing a podcast, so <laughs> uh, I'm not in a hurry to do that again. And I don't have a lot of energy after my day job to do stuff. So everything that I do is mostly for the small group of people that I'm running games for, playing in games with instead of the internet at large. And that's yeah. just how it is. Yeah, I think that's fair. Those people are lucky and the internet's missing out, but that's just, has, that's just how it is. Aw, you. <laughs> uh, Big Game Hunger is a part of the Multitude Collective of Podcasts, edited and mixed by the talented Misha Stanton, and created and hosted by me, Jenna Stieber. To support this show directly, subscribe at patreon.com slash the Jenna. Brent, what's one word, adjective, game type, premise, etc., that you want added to the ingredients list? Okay, I've been thinking about this, and I don't know how to boil it down to a single word. But like a LucasArts point-and-click adventure game. Ooh, I think that's. I think you nailed it. One of my favorites. Yeah. What What's your favorite? I mean, the whole Monkey Island series is pretty tight. Uh, it's the classic, the yeah. iconic. Yeah. Uh, I really liked Loom as a child um, because mm -hmm. it was music-based and the the Ooh. weavers in it were wizards, and I've wanted to be a wizard since I was a little boy. So. <laughs> I've often seen you contemplate orbs, so that yes. actually makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. All the time. Uh, thank you for joining me, Brent. Anytime. Thank you, audience, for listening to Big Game Hunger, and don't forget to wishlist Turing Quest on Steam. Release date, TBD. Yeah.